Very important message I want to preach that I believe is crucial to having a good, uh, well-balanced family that turns out right. We're going to talk about some important lessons that you can only learn in church. And this title alone will, you know, make internet church people's heads explode because, um, you know, a lot of people get real sensitive. And whenever I tell people, hey, you're in disobedience if you're not in church, you know, everybody wants to have that excuse. And, you know, I'm not going to say there might not be some people in some country somewhere that don't kind of have some excuses. You know, if you're in, you know, Uzbekistan or something like that, you know, I, I'll bet a good soul-winning Baptist church is hard to find uh, out there. But if you're in America and you can't find a church to go to, I think you're just an idiot personally. And especially, I've had people calling it living the Bible Belt. And there's not one saved pastor in this whole area. I don't believe you. I I, I really don't. And I I don't want to get into that. But this title, it will make heads explode. And some who listen to this message, throughout this message, as I give you these lessons that you're only going to learn in church, okay, I know these people that are going to be saying, I already know that. I already know that. But at the end of the message, I'm going to prove to them, I don't like preaching the internet, but I'm going to throw this out there for the internet. I'm going to give them some proof that they actually don't know these things. Okay, They don't know these things. And, and the way I want to illustrate this, we were talking about this yesterday. Knowing the answer to a trivia question does not mean you understand something. Having the ability to repeat back a fact does not prove understanding. And so let me ask you all a trivia question. What is the largest organ of the human body? All right. What's that? Brain? Skin? It's actually skin. Okay, now I heard that fact. And I looked it up and I guess it is a fact. But here's what I... So I know that. But how is skin an organ? I don't, you know, I think of like the liver and the heart and kidneys and stuff like that. You know, but you know what? I, I, so fine. I know the answer to that question. But I don't understand it, and I, I'm not going to pretend to understand it. So there's a lot of people, they listen to enough preaching online, they've watched enough YouTube clips, that they can answer some trivia questions, and they know what you're supposed to say, but it's clear in their life that they do not understand the facts that they state, that they repeat. Okay? I'm going to say, little kids, they repeat and they copy everything. They don't always understand what they're saying. And a lot of these people, they've never grown up because they've never been in church and they're not growing. And so they can repeat back facts like a little baby can repeat back a word or a sentence, but they don't understand. And you've got to have understanding in these areas if you're going to be successful. And so let's read Galatians chapter 6 and verse 1. It says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens. And so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man think himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. But let every man prove his own work. And then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone, and not in another. For every man shall bear his own burden. So we're gonna, I'm going to show you several things just from this passage here that I think are key to... These are very important lessons that you have got to get across your family. These are things that you need to live by in your family. And if you can actually get a hold of these things, I'm not saying learn how to answer the trivia question. I'm saying, no, you get this. You understand it. 
it will make a big difference in your family. And so this first thing, okay, and, and please don't repeat back in your head, I already knew this. Okay, we'll find out if you know this or not, okay? But this statement that I'm about to say, all of you are going to say, well, that's simple. Everybody knows that. No, they don't. Everybody knows the answer to this, but not everybody understands this. And one thing that you learn when you go to church, this is something you learn when you go to church, and it's not something you're going to know, and not something you're going to understand if you don't go to church, and that is that nobody is perfect. Oh, I knew that. For all have sinned to come short of the glory of God. Oh, I knew that. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. Great. Okay, I'm glad you know that, but here's the thing. You know, do you actually understand that? Do you have any understanding of what that means and and how to live your life applying that knowledge? Do you know how to, do you know how to do that? And let me tell you something: if you go to church for any length of time, you are going to find out that nobody is perfect, including the pastor of the church is not perfect. There's a lot of people they do they you know because they don't go to church. They get this mentality in their head of maybe their favorite TV preacher or online preacher, like they're perfect. And then they, you know, anything they say, they act like it's Bible. And a lot of times they're the ones too that'll like end up moving to that church and going to that church. And then when they get in the church, all of a sudden they get hammered with the reality that that guy's not perfect either. That the people in that church aren't perfect either. It's like people do, they come and they hear the preaching and it's like they, they walk into a church and they think everybody in that church is going to be 100% in lockstep with the pastor. And then they go, and it's like, hey, that person does something a little bit different, and they don't know how to handle that. Well, that pastor must be a hypocrite. He's not forcing everybody to do all that. And, you know, and, then, and they don't realize that, you know, in church, you know, we can have unity without all agreeing on everything. You know why? Because we learn how to prioritize things. We learn how to... You know, overlook some things and just put up with, with some things. We know how to do that, but the, the reality is a lot of people, they have no clue how to do that. They have no clue how to apply that. Yeah, they understand for all have sinned, and that's why they're so mean to everybody, because everybody's so rotten. But, you know, the, the thing is, you know, that doesn't mean we can't be loving towards people. That doesn't mean we can't get along with people. You know, you've got all these nut jobs out there, too that act like I'm a hypocrite if I dare say something that contradicts another pastor while pretending to be their friend. And it's like, well, I'm sorry. I don't agree with them, but I'm still their friend. They don't understand that in their world that they live. All right? And that world of, as we were talking about in the spirit of liberty, of mental inbreds. Where no, there's no other outside thought, no disagreement allowed in their world, and they don't know that. And you'll have these people, they're out there and they'll hear me preach something, say something. Oh, that's different than what this pastor says. He's a hypocrite. I've never pretended to be under the authority of another pastor. I've never pledged, I've, I've pledged loyalty to the Word of God, but not, not another pastor. And, you know, the, the truth is, I can get up and I can preach really hard against something that somebody else maybe believes and teaches, and I can still love that person. I can still fellowship with them and get along. You know, I went to a service this week. I went to a church. I won't tell you where it's at because I want people looking these people up and trying to reprobate them or anything. But I went to a service. I was blessed greatly. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the preaching. And you know what that preacher was wearing? It wasn't skinny jeans. <laughs> wasn't skinny jeans. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. Got to draw the line somewhere. 
You know what? Hey, y'all, y'all are going to freak out. He was wearing an American and Israeli flag lapel pin. And he preached a good message. And I shook his hand. And I was nice to him. I, I, and I, I, didn't, I didn't preach at him right then. You might even know him, Pastor Randall. He's not real far, uh, he's not real far from you. But I'll tell you about him after, <laughs> after service. But, you know, the thing is, hey, nobody's perfect. Okay, there, there's things that people do different in different churches and, and, you know, some of us who grew up in church and grew up around people, we get that and we know how to deal with it. And, and my thing is too, you know, in pastoring, you know, I want to preach what I believe without compromise. And, you know, and I hope it just, I hope my other preacher friends who don't agree with me 100% can live with that. And you know what? Some can't, some can't though. Some people can't, and you know, those people don't usually have a whole lot of friends. Yeah, and you can tell yourself it's because you're standing for truth, but no, it's because you're self-obsessed and you can't handle any other opinion in your world. And that's not good. And let me tell you, a lot of families have that attitude, and they come, and, they, and these are the people, they can't stay in one church for any length of time. They can't do it because they can't handle, you know, maybe other kids in the church that do things that their kids aren't allowed to do. And let me tell you something, if you're, you can't try to teach your kids that there is a world you can live in where everybody thinks exactly like you, because you know what? That world doesn't exist. People are going to disagree with you. One of these days, those kids are going to grow up and somebody's going to challenge them on their beliefs and are going to tell them they're wrong. And you know, your kids need to learn how to live and to function among people that are not exactly like them. And they've just got to understand nobody's perfect. And I'm not saying any sin in somebody's life is okay. God wants people to get sin right in their life, but God also did not put you as an authority over everyone in the world's life to where you got to spend every waking hour trying to straighten out everyone's issues. You just need to worry about your issues and be loving and be kind to other people. It says here in Galatians 6.1, If any man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. If you actually did understand this concept that nobody's perfect, you know what? When other people have an issue, you would have a meek attitude knowing that, you know what? I'm not perfect either. See, that's the difference right there. You know all have sin, meaning everybody else. But you don't understand it that, yeah, but that's me too. And just like I got to put up with junk from other people, other people got to put up with junk from me, so maybe I ought to have a meek attitude about it. Maybe I ought to have, you know, if you had that kind of attitude, you know what, maybe there's a good chance, you know, your family will still want to have something to do with you when you're growing up. A lot of kids who grow up in IFB homes, they've been, they've been taught to isolate themselves from everybody who disagrees with them so much that when they grow up and they become adults and they get married and they start thinking a little bit different than mom and dad on one little area, you know what they end up doing? They end up isolating themselves too, just like they were taught to do their whole life. And then their relationships are all destroyed and their family, well, maybe if you'd actually taught them that, you know what, nobody's perfect and, we, and it's not our problem, we can live with that, let's deal with people, maybe your family would do that with you. But one of the, what, a, what a lot of IFB people do, they just end up tearing their family apart. And so, so if you listen to enough preaching, if you read your Bible enough, you're gonna find, you can find something wrong with anybody. It's not hard. Listen to this preaching enough, you'll find something wrong. You'll find a mistake. 
You know, you, and you can always find a mistake. But you hear what he said? That could lead to this, which could lead to this, which could lead to this, which means they're not saved. You know, and, it's, you know, and since he's a pastor and he's not saved, he's a false prophet, therefore he's a reprobate. And I can treat him like trash. It's like, folks, listen, everybody messes up. Everybody makes mistakes. Yeah, but I corrected him on that YouTube comment, and he's not willing to get it right. Well, you know, I, I don't see where YouTube commenters are an authority anywhere in this church. You know, especially uh, when your name is Reprobate Slayer and you called me a reprobate. You know, I'm probably not going to take, I'm probably not going to take your criticism real serious. <laughs> it's just the way it is. But, you know, but notice this, okay? We all know this passage. In Acts 15.39, talking about Paul and Barnabas, it says, And the contention was so sharp between them, they did depart asunder one from the other. So Barnabas took Mark and sailed unto Cyprus. You know, even good guys like Paul and Barnabas, and they were both good guys, you know, they had disagreements with each other, and they needed to part ways. But you know what? They did both keep going and serving the Lord. You know, they weren't taking shots at each other. We see in Philippians 1.15, it says, Some indeed preach Christ even of envy and strife, and some also of goodwill. The one preached Christ of contention, not sincerely supposing to add affliction to my bonds. You know, there's some people out there that are doing good things, and they're doing it for bad reasons. But, you know, at the end of the day, Christ is being preached. I mean, they were doing it here to add affliction to Paul. You know, that's a terrible reason to do a good thing. But, you know, Paul's like, oh, at least a good thing's getting done. He didn't make it all about himself. He was still able to find some good there. He was able to praise the Lord because of it. If you listen to a lot of preaching, if you read a lot of Bible, but you never get convicted, and you're not becoming more like Christ, then you know what? You're doing all these things you do without the Holy Spirit. You get around God, you're going to get convicted about yourself. It's amazing. Most people, they listen to preaching, and they get, all of a sudden they get convicted about everybody else's sins. I've got to go straighten everybody out. You know, they don't have the attitude of Isaiah when he got in the presence of God, then said, I woe is me for I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips for mine eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Isaiah, he got convicted when he got in the presence of God and most people today, when they supposedly get in the presence of God and they hear the preaching, what do they do? Their desire is not to clean themselves up but to clean everybody else up. Well, that's kind of weird. You know, is if you really understood nobody's perfect, wouldn't you be working on cleaning yourself up if you're getting that close to God? I don't think you are getting, I don't think you are getting close to God. So, uh, first lesson you're going to learn, that you can only learn in church, is that nobody's perfect. And if you don't go to church, no, you do not understand this. Okay? You can answer the trivia question. If I asked you, is, any, is everyone perfect? Yes or no? You would get, you would put a check mark by no. You would get that right. It doesn't mean you understand it. Just like I would get the largest organ in the body, being skin right, if I took it on a trivia test. But I don't understand that. It, it, you know, I, don't, I, just, I don't know that much about biology and human anatomy and all that. But anyway, another thing, too, this kind of goes along with it. You know, one thing I learned in church is I learned how to live with people. 
that we're not perfect. And to live among people and operate and function. We see in Colossians 3.13, it says, Forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Good, good luck outdoing Jesus on being forgiving to other people. Good luck on putting up with is how to mind my own business. Okay, verse 4 says, But let every man prove his own work. And then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another, for every man shall bear his own burden. You know what? Nobody, we, we still have, don't have this office in our church, and that is the office of, you know, who's going to, you know, the reprobate spotter, wolf inspector. You know, I mean, in reality, that's my job as a pastor to watch out for wolves. But you got all these people, too, that always just got to be checking up on everybody. I, I got to make sure their doctrine's right on this and their doctrine's right on that. And, and as, as soon as they come in sometimes, too, it's like, hey, can you, can you first love the people a little bit? Can you first let them learn your name? You know, can, can you learn their name before you get them all straightened out on doctrine? Hey, can we understand that if a person comes and visits this church and they just got saved or maybe they don't come from an Ivy background, you know, they are not going to be with us on doctrine right away. It's going to take time. And, and, and sometimes it takes a long time. It took you a long time to get where you're at, but it's like people will just go crazy worried about what other people in the church are doing and thinking. Well, I went and visited their house and I saw some movies that I don't think Christians ought to be watching. Man, you know what? They, they're watching trash. That's going to create problems for them. But not for you. You chill out. Okay? Let the Holy Spirit work on these people. Let them grow a little bit. In the meantime, you chill out. You cool. I, I saw them I saw in town dressed a certain way that I don't think people ought to dress. Not your problem. These things are not your problem. And it's just amazing. You know, the Bible, you know, the the Bible here in the same passage is telling us to bear our own burdens, but then it talks about proving your own work too. And it's like what a lot of Christians are doing. They're, take, they're bearing burdens that we've not been called to bury, to bear. They're taking things on that God didn't ask them to take on. In the meantime, they're neglecting the things that God told them they ought to be bearing. Getting it all backwards or getting it all wrong, just trying to be controlling with each other. This is not what God wants. This is not how things are supposed to work. First Thessalonians 4.11, And that you study to be quiet and to do your own business and to work with your own hands as we commanded you. These are important things we need to learn how to do. And just say, you know what? I have been called as a Christian to be a part of a church. That church is going to have imperfect people. They're going to have, they're going to have problems. But you know what? I'm going to study. I'm going to learn how to just worry about what's actually my problem and my responsibility. And I'm telling you what's, what I'm afraid is happening. And, you know, and thank God for, you know, preaching that's online. I love it. I'm regularly blessed by it. I'm, I'm even as a pastor, I'm helped by it. But a lot of times, too many people, uh, they're not getting the, they're not getting the full package, you know, when it comes to these things. And they're not getting everything that they're supposed to have. And they're very, you know, for lack of a better, like, you know, you can be very vitamin deficient physically. And spiritually, they're very deficient in certain areas. And, and they're, they're real strong in others, but other areas, they're doing really bad because they're not getting a balanced diet by being in church. And, and you need, you need to learn how, how to get that. You need to have that, 
balanced diet in your life. And so um, when you are actually a part of the church, you know, you do, you learn to focus on what you're supposed to focus on, what God has called you to do, what is, what is your responsibility. And when you do, it allows you to be at peace. When you are one of these just deficient Christians in certain areas, often what they end up doing, they just end up coming into churches, they stir things up, they cause problems because they're always just, you know, they're constantly worried about everybody else. They're worried about things that aren't their problem, that are not their business. And then what ends up happening, because they can't handle all these things that are wrong, okay? Well, I don't like what that pastor's doing. Well, the only reason you know that pastor's wrong is because you heard another pastor, you know, say that that was wrong. And that pastor was right when he said that that was wrong. But let me ask you, how is that pastor's fault in one area, where does that give you the right to now be disobedient to God and in rebellion by not going to church? And I'm telling you, I'm sick of these people using just some of the lame excuses they use to not go to church just because the pastor is pre-trib or the pastor, you know, I mean, some they, they would walk out of church. The pastor had that Israeli lapel pin, you know, and I do, man, I think those are stupid. Don't get me going on that. I, I, I hate that. But you know, I'm telling you, there's people out there that are actually very good, well-balanced people that have successful ministries and successful lives who obviously have just never studied that out. And you know what? They, you know, they need to. I hope they get that right. But then you've got these mentally inbred, you know, spiritually deficient individuals whose lives and families are a wreck who act like they're too good to go to that guy's church. I'm sorry. You know, I see, I see one little fault with that guy, you know, with his lapel, you know, lapel pen. I get it. But I'm seeing just glaring faults with you. You're a railer. You know, a lot of times these guys are deadbeats. You know, you're, you're a horrible husband. You're a terrible father. You know, you've got all these terrible things. But then you got that one, and then the, and then you're going to be disobedient to God because of that. I'm sorry, you need. You know what you need to do? You need to go put up with that. Well, I think God needs to deal with that guy. We know what? Maybe God is allowing that man to remain wrong in that area to teach you how to live with people and just deal with people that aren't perfect. Because you think you know that not everyone's perfect, but the truth is you don't. You don't understand that. And you know what? Maybe if you got right with God and you were as righteous and holy as you think you are, you know what? Maybe God might start dealing with them. But I'm telling you, there's, you know, there's, there's worse things than wearing a Israeli flag lapel pin. And as annoying as that is, there are worse things. And so, uh, you know, just, you need to mind your own business. Uh, I got other passages. I'm not going to take time to go to them on that, but another thing too, you need to learn how to, and you learn this in church, how to live a life in a world with, where not everyone agrees with you. And uh, Galatians 2.11, but when, and, and notice this, okay, we all know this verse. This is, this is the verse we go to when we want to justify, you know, maybe bad behavior towards another Christian, okay? And it says in Galatians 2.11, but when Peter was come to Antioch, I was stood him to the face. Because he was to be blamed. So whenever we want to get in somebody's face and just really nail somebody, I will stand them to the face. Well, let me tell you something. First off, withstanding somebody on YouTube is not withstanding them to the face. 
Okay, can I can I get a witness on that right there? Okay, let's just let me just pick some. You know, if I was to pick somebody I don't like, okay, all right, and, and I'll, I'll pick an easy one. All right, you know, I'll pick I'll pick the Pope. All right, I can't get in trouble for that. Right, but but think about all right. If if I get up here and I have a one sided debate with the Pope, where he's not allowed to respond, how is that me? I, I'm I'm gonna stand him in the face. You shouldn't say anything about the Pope. I'm standing in the face. I'm publicly calling him out. Yeah, but he's not here to give a rebuttal. There's a big difference when the person is right there. How often when a preacher is calling out another preacher, does he accurately represent him? If, if, if I call out another preacher for bad doctrine, while we might not agree in the doctrine, you know what we should agree on is that when I say, Pastor so-and-so, he believes this, that pastor would be able to say, you know what, that's true. I do believe that. Now, I don't agree with how he interpreted the Bible after that, but when he accused me of believing whatever, that's what I believe. But you know what, that's not what we do, is it? We build straw man. We, we make it something that it isn't. Why? Because we need them to be worse than they actually are. But if we actually withstood them to the face, that's a real challenge because then you've got to look them in the eye and they can tell you, actually, you're wrong. That's not what I think. So just listen, don't use this passage in Galatians to justify a YouTube attack against somebody that they never even talked to about it. Okay? That doesn't count. Okay? That does not count. Now, if they actually did confront them to the face before and they want to talk about it later, that's fine. But here, here's another thing, too. There's another thing. Well, Paul was stood Peter to the face. Yeah, and then he marked him and marked him and marked him and marked him and kept attacking them, and railed on them, and they hated each other for the rest of their lives, right? Is that what happened with those guys? No, actually, we see in 2 Peter 3.15, says an account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom uh, given unto him, hath written unto you. You know, we see Paul and Peter make positive references to each other in the Bible. They had a disagreement. Paul did have to withstand Peter to the face when Peter was wrong on something, but you know what? They didn't hate each other after that. They actually loved each other. They actually still said positive things about each other. Now, we in the IFB world, we're real good often at withstanding people to the face, but you know what? We never then we never get over it. We disagree, we have a fight, and we never get over it. There's never any resolution. There's never any love. Okay? And listen. If you think that's all justified, that's fine. But you know what? You're talking about something completely different than what we see with Paul and Peter. Because what happened with Paul and Peter, these guys were able to go on and love each other. And so there was, there was a big difference here. They weren't, you know, Paul never accused Peter of being unsaved or reprobate. So there's, there's a big difference. And I'm telling you, you got people online today that are always going back and forth with each other, hating each other, and blocking each other. You know, you don't get to block each other in church. You know, I, I, can, I can unfollow you on Facebook so I don't have to see your foolishness. And I do that with people. Listen, I haven't been called to just get along with everybody in social media land okay, and people I don't know. Okay. But again, in church, you actually have to deal with people. You actually have to look them in the eye. You know what? That makes us a lot more careful with how we are with them, towards them. What we say when we know we got to look them in the eye. 
That, there, there's going to be a big, big difference. And I'm telling you, some people today do not know how to live in a world where there's people who disagree with them. And that's why they can't stay in any church. And the way, and people like that too, they're always jumping from church to church. Every church they go to, this is the greatest church ever. I love this church. It's so awesome. It's so like-minded. Until you get to know them, wait till you get to know them and wait till they get to know you. You're going to find out it, it's, it's not so great. And let me tell you something too about our church, okay? I don't believe in bragging. I don't believe in just talking about ourselves, but I'm going to tell you right now, and I, and I, I'm, I'm saying this, you know, and here in front of another pastor. Okay. Good luck finding a church that is more gracious than this church right here. Good luck with that. All right. I am awarding us with the most gracious church in the IFB award. All right. And I'm doing that in front of another church <laughs> right now too, because because I think we deserve it. Now, um, but you know, it, at the same time, so when, when people come through here and they get bent out of shape about weird stuff with people, and uh, they, they, you know what? You're the problem. I'm not. I'm not saying we're perfect, but I am saying we're the best there is uh, when it comes to when it comes to some of this stuff. And so, you know, and and we do because we do all put up with junk. Okay, everybody. You know, we you know we could we could just start naming everybody's issues in here if we if we wanted to right now. And you know what? And I'm not going to do it, but I probably could. I could probably get. I could probably like point at everybody in this church and say, you know what? You do this this weird, and you do this this weird, and you have this weird idea. We could all do that with each other. And here's the funny thing about it: we'd probably all laugh about it, and nobody get mad and leave the church after that too. Maybe I should do that. No, but I don't. That might not be. That might not be edifying and beneficial. But we all could. And some of you could do that. I mean, fast time. I think you know. I don't know what I'd be weird in, but you know there. Sure, there's something, and and you know, and so the thing is, when you know, some of the accusations people try throwing at our churches, it's like, no, you're you're dead wrong there. You can accuse us of some stuff that you know, not being gracious, not being loving, not being accepting. You can't accuse us of that. There's not 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 a chance. So another thing you learn, you know, is how to follow God and His Word and find happiness. Instead of just following people, right? that you you learn how to do this in church, how to follow God and His Word to find happiness instead of following people. Because this is what happens when people come into church; they want a church where everybody's got their act together, everybody's perfect, because you know they just want to follow along and go along. They don't want the responsibility of having a walk with God themselves, getting a hold of God themselves. They want, you know, some, you know, somebody to show them how to do it so they don't have to think and be responsible for stuff. You say, people aren't like that. Then why is the Catholic Church as big as they are? A religion that teaches you have to have a priest, you know, to get to Jesus Christ. That's added a mediator between God and man besides Jesus Christ. Well, the Bible's real clear. You know why? Because people like this, the idea of letting that priest be responsible for their soul and not themselves. A lot of people don't like the idea of priesthood of the believer. They, they don't want that. They want to put on somebody else. But the truth is, when you, when you go to a church and you find out not everybody's perfect, it actually forces you. It's like, you know what? If I'm going to get things right in my life, I'm going to have to follow God. I'm going to have to actually figure out what the Bible says and do what the Bible says, even if other people in the church aren't doing it. That, that's what you're going to have to do. And it says in, in uh, 2 Timothy 4.14, it says, Alexander the coppersmith, didn't he much evil, the Lord reward him according to his works. Of whom be thou also, where also 
for he hath greatly withstood our words. At my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray, God, that it, be, uh, it may not be laid to their charge, notwithstanding the Lord stood with me and strengthened, strengthened me, that by me the preaching might be fully known, and that all the Gentiles might hear, and I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. Paul, he's talking about people that did him wrong. In fact, he said there was a time when nobody stood with me, but he said, you know what? The Lord stood with me. And you, and you, when you're in church, you're going to find times where you're kind of on the outs with people. You're on the outside. You might be right. You might be wrong. Listen, if you're right, the Lord's going to stand with you. And you know what it's going to cause you to do when you live in a world where everybody's not doing things exactly like you? It, it forces you to find out where God's at on an issue and to find out what God thinks. And it forces you to be a follower of God and not a follower of man. And that's why we've got churches, churches all over that were full of people who were following a man and a pastor. When the pastor fell, they fell too. When the pastor goes wrong, they go wrong too. You know why? Because they're only following a man and they're not following God. And you've got to learn how to do that. And when you get in the church and you learn all these things, you're forced to figure that out. Where and if you're on online land, you know, you can always find that preacher that's saying what you agree with. You can always find that guy. You know, I don't care how big of a nut job you are. There's a Brian Denlinger out there for you. Somebody that believes whatever whacked out ideas you believe in too. And then you can go and join that little online community where you talk about how you're the only one saved and everybody else is lost. You can always find those people out there, but understand you're going to be a very unbalanced person. And so just real quick, I'm out of time, but another thing I, you'll learn is you learn not to put unrealistic expectations on people. Okay, you know, I, that's, I can say a lot about that. I'm just going to leave that there. Another thing, last thing, you'll, I, one thing I learned in church is that there is no point to enforcing my rules where I have no jurisdiction. Okay. Hey, where you have jurisdiction, by all means, police away. Enforce those rules. Be judge, jury, and executioner. Where you have no authority, stay out of it. Absolutely stay out of it. I don't have time to go to the scriptures on that. But again, you know, if you're if you're not a church person, if you're an online only person, I, I, Pastor, I knew all that stuff. I heard it on another sermon somewhere, you know, and so I, 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 I can answer all those things. Well, actually, let's see if you actually do understand these things. All right. So here, here's a question. And you can go to church and not understand these things, too. So here's a question. Do you get along with your family? You know how many Baptists just don't get along? They can't be around their own, even their own family. You know, and it's always because they're bad. Okay. Well, I get it. They're bad. But shouldn't you, as the forgiven sinner who's saved, know how to be forgiving to other people? Shouldn't you know how to be loving, especially your brothers? You would think you know how to do that, but yet you're so spiritual, your family hates you. Well, oh, I, I came not to send peace, but, you know, or, you know the sword, you know, you know cause variance against father and mother. Listen, I don't have time to talk a whole lot about that, but just because that is a reality of what happened, and it does happen, and especially if you're like from a Muslim country, you get saved, you better believe there's going to be some problems. If you're in a Jew, if from a Jewish home and you get saved, 
But listen, if you're just from America, that's all about diversity and respecting everybody's opinion. Nobody, most people don't really care these days. Most most Christians in America today are not being persecuted for being a Christian. They're being persecuted for being an idiot. And that's another sermon for another day. You've got that verse. You tell yourself all you want that that's you. It's not you. It's not you. I'm sorry. But, you know, do you have close friends or friends, people that you've been friends with for more than you know, five, ten years? Do you have any long-term friends? Why, is, why, why don't you have any long-term friends? You know why? Because you haven't learned that nobody's perfect. You haven't learned how to live in a world where not everybody agrees with you. That's why you're constantly casting everyone out. You don't have any long-term friends because you don't understand. You know, what's the longest you've ever even worked at a, a job? Some people, they, you know, uh, I've had 35 jobs in the last 20 years, but I never quit a single one of them. That doesn't, that doesn't really help, help the cause here, you know. So what, you know, what's the longest you've ever been in one church? Some people, they, they can't stay in one very long you know, because they don't know these things. They don't know these things. And so the truth is, if you've never practiced these things, you don't know them. And if you faithfully attend a church for a long period of time, you will be forced to learn these things. You have to. And these are important, important lessons that I feel that in the IFB, there is some major deficiencies in there. The IFB is not perfect. And I think this is one area where we really struggle. We're so big at standing against sin and compromise and all that junk that's going out in the world, we end up becoming too unbalanced and we get a little too ugly with people where we shouldn't be, and we end up doing a lot of damage to outside relationships that eventually ends up destroying our own immediate families. And I don't want that happening in my family. I want to continue to get along with my children when they leave our house. I, I really want that. I don't want, to be, I don't want them being these kids as soon as they're old enough, they're gone and don't want to have anything to do with this. Anymore, I'm not interested in them being a part of that statistic. And so hopefully some of these things are a help to you. So let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for your word. And thank you for the guidance that it gives us. I pray help us to follow these things and help us to be loving and, and forgiving of others and to uh, put these things into practice. Bless the service.